Welcome to US Rail Journeys, Series 3. It's been a long time coming, but with the easing of travel restrictions, I have been able to make the journeys I had originally planned for the spring of 2020. Join me as I travel 6,684 miles with Amtrak across the United States. First, I take the Silver Star from Miami to New York, then the Crescent from New York to New Orleans. Next, I take the Texas Eagle from Los Angeles via San Antonio to Chicago. Then it's the Lakeshore Limited from Chicago to New York. And finally, the Acela from New York up to Boston. Episode 6 Through the night from Palatka in Florida across Georgia and South Carolina to Southern Pines in North Carolina. The last dinner I was told was 8 o'clock, which was the dinner I had. It's now half past 9 and two people have just come to collect some food. The two guys in the kitchen are working overtime tonight. They're lovely guys. Let's hope that's the end for them. The train is running decently late by the time we reach Palatka. In the 1850s, the town was known as a haven for invalids escaping northern winters. They arrived in large numbers by steamboat. Daytona Beach, famous for NASCAR racing, is nearby. You can get there on the Amtrak Thruway bus service. But sadly, there isn't anything happening at Daytona Beach today. Palatka Station was built in the Richardson Romanesque style in 1908 and opened in May 1909. The station currently serves the silver service trains and also houses the Palatka Railroad Preservation Society and the David Browning Railroad Museum. It was used by over 12,300 passengers in 2019. Our scheduled arrival time in Jacksonville is quarter to 11 but we're much later than that tonight. And so what was time for bed is time I'm asleep. Jacksonville is our last stop in Florida and we've now traveled around 600 miles since we left Miami this morning. That includes, of course, the detour to Tampa. It's America's geographically largest system and has three times the area of New York City. It's named after Andrew Jackson, the first military governor of Florida and the seventh president of the United States. 
Jacksonville has a large urban park system on more than 80,000 acres. The natural beauty is attributable in part to the St. John's River, one of the few in the world to flow up from south to north. The Jacksonville Beaches area on the Atlantic Ocean is the centre of nightlife and recreation, and in 2008 Jacksonville was rated as the third cleanest city in the United States. It's also the world headquarters of CSX Transportation, who operate over 21,000 miles of rail track in the eastern US and Canada. The station in Jacksonville serves the Silver Meteor when it's running, and the Silver Star trains, as well as Amtrak throughway buses to Lakeland. The station is next to a freight facility with its own platform, and it is also just east of Norfolk Southern's Simpson Yard. The station opened in 1974 and replaced the downtown Union Station, which has become the Prime F. Osborne III Convention Centre. In 2019, passenger numbers were nearly 64,000. Once we leave Jacksonville, we travel north and cross the Florida-Georgia state line. Virtually all rail traffic travelling to and from Florida passes through the town of Folkestone. It's about 40 miles north of Jacksonville, and the rail lines through the city have acquired the nickname the Folkestone Funnel. This means that around 60 trains a day pass through the funnel. It draws many train spotters, sometimes ten times greater than the local population, and the town has built a viewing platform for visitors so that they can view in safety. There's also an active scanner running, and visitors can listen to train engineers as they run the trains through. Jessup. Jessup is normally only a stop for the Silver Meteor. However, as the Silver Meteor is currently suspended, we stop here. The Amtrak service began on October 1st, 1979, when the Silver Meteor was realigned away from a station on State Route 39 at Thalman in Georgia. The station was built in 1899 as part of the Atlantic Coast Railroad and was damaged in a fire in February 2003. It was subsequently boarded up as the town sought funds for its restoration. $836,000 was received from federal funds in 2005, which enabled a project to be completed in October 2012. In addition to a passenger waiting room, the station now also includes a community meeting space, new offices and a welcome centre for the Wayne County Board of Tourism. The interior is decorated with historic photographs and memorabilia demonstrating the strong ties between the towns and the railways. During the night, our train has rattled and bumped, travelling northwards. We were scheduled to reach Savannah at 1.24am. I suspect it was somewhat later than that. Savannah is known as the hostess city of the south, and it attracts millions with its southern charm and hospitality. 
its collection of 18th and 19th century architecture, and the downtown area, which is designated as a National Historic Landmark District. Apparently, in Savannah, the St. Patrick's Day celebration is the second largest in the United States. The city is laid out on an elaborate plan consisting of a series of wards built around central squares. Unfortunately, the city was spared the burning that it could have suffered during the Civil War as Union General Sherman conducted his march to the sea. Instead, after capturing the city, he telegraphed President Lincoln saying, I beg to present you as a Christmas gift, the city of Savannah. 24 of the original city squares still remain. The station used by Amtrak opened in 1962. It is an example of modernist architecture as it conforms to the architectural traditions of the 1960s. It serves the Silver Star, the Silver Meteor and the Palmetto trains and in 2019, 56,220 passengers used the station for Amtrak services. Just north of Savannah, we cross the Georgia-South Carolina state line. In the middle of the night, we next reach Denmark. The town was the site of the first transcontinental telephone call made in 1915. The town is home to the Voorhees College, Denmark Technical College and the Mennonite Bakery, who it's said are purveyors of uncommonly delicious baked goods. When we reached Denmark Station, we were about 50% of the way through our journey. It was originally used by the Seaboard Airline Railroad and the Southern Railway. Amtrak started stopping here on October the 29th, 1978. According to the Amtrak News employee newsletter, Denmark was added to the schedule because there was no stop between Columbia, South Carolina and Savannah, Georgia, although Denmark and the surrounding area had no sizable population. Maybe that's reflected in the passenger numbers, which in 2019 were 3,126. The next of our middle-of-the-night stations was Columbia, where we were scheduled to arrive at 4am, but I think it was somewhat after that. Columbia is South Carolina's state capital and largest city, founded in 1786. It is at the confluence of two major rivers, making it a major destination for kayak and canoe enthusiasts. It has many cultural amenities, recreational choices and a mild climate, making it a choice retirement haven. Major employers are the state government, healthcare and the University of South Carolina. In addition, United Parcel Service operates its southeastern regional hub here at the Columbia Metropolitan Airport. Columbia Station is served by Amtrak Silver Star Train. The station opened in 1991 and replaced the 1903-built Seaboard Airline Station, which was located two blocks east. In 2019, 30,870 passengers got up in the middle of the night to use the station. We now cross into North Carolina. 
Shortly after crossing the state line, we reach Hamlet. We were scheduled at a little after 6am, and it's at the junction of two major CSX rail lines. The imposing station was originally built in 1900 by the Seaboard Airline Railroad as both a passenger station and a divisional headquarters. It was listed on the National Register of Historic Places on November 19, 1971. Between 2001 and 2004, the entire Queen Anne-style station house was moved across a set of tracks for safety and converted into a museum by the North Carolina Department of Transportation. The station provides an intercity rail service and is open daily between 5.30am and 7am and also for the southbound train between 10.30pm and 12.30am. It includes a quick track kiosk, waiting area and restrooms, but there's no baggage service at the station. Located inside the station building, the museum showcases the history of both the Seaboard Railroad and the city of Hamlet. There are hands-on exhibits, visual displays and interactive consoles. There is also a scale model railway depicting Hamlet in the early 1950s. In 2019, the station was used by 4,165 passengers. And John Coltrane, the jazz saxophonist and composer, came from Hamlet. We've stopped. I imagine that based on the map on my phone, we're in Hamlet. And if we are, we're about an hour and ten minutes late. It is ten past eight, and we've reached Southern Pines, still about one hour and ten minutes behind schedule. This town is on the fringe of the Piedmont section of the state, occupying an area known as the Sand Hills. It was incorporated in 1887, and the town's economy consists of manufacturing, tourism, health services, education and retirement. The station in Southern Pines, North Carolina is serviced by the Silver Star, it is located in the heart of the historic downtown of the town. The station was originally built by a predecessor of the Seaboard Airline Railroad in 1898. It was renovated 50 years later in 1948 and restored to its 1948 design in 2004. There is no ticket office, just a quick track machine for automated ticketing and it was used by 7,351 passengers in 2019. Fortunately, it's Sunday morning, it's relatively early, and therefore, although we are stopped over a crossing, I don't think we're causing too much trouble. We've just moved forward to allow the other end of the train to get onto the platform, and we've ended up across another level crossing. I haven't come across this being across two crossings before. It's a beautiful morning as we proceed through North Carolina. I think we're just coming up to the town of Sanford. But now, typically for the railway, we're at the slightly decrepit end of town. 
but there are still some nice old buildings in amongst the 1960s and 70s buildings. We've just passed what must have been the original railway depot, along with a steam engine parked outside. We're passing through little communities on this sunny Sunday morning. Hardly anybody up, occasionally one or two people. No cars and lots and lots of woods. Conifers, broad leaves, all green in their summer magnificence. Must be coming up to some crossings because I can hear the driver on the horn. Yes, it looks like a major road crossing on the map. Well, I say a major road, it's actually a very small road. But I think for this part of the world, it's quite major. The dappled light coming through the trees, illuminating spots on the ground. It's really beautiful. The tree trunks are incredibly straight. I think most of the forestry here now is conifer. We've passed one or two fire breaks. So I wonder if this is commercially produced. I thank all the passengers and crew aboard Amtrak's Silver Star train that left Miami on Saturday the 25th of June. The US Rail Journeys podcasts are produced and published by the Mr. T Podcast Studio. Thank you very much for listening and please join me again in a couple of weeks for the next instalment. Thank you.